Hey, community Padawans, welcome to One More Connect Dots, a community-driven podcast. My guest today is the one and only, always full of energy, Andrei Tulsilas, Community Engagement Manager at OutSystems, a company focused on the low-code software market with a community represented by already 64 groups globally, reaching more than 5,000 members. Andrea is a people person who lives and breathes the golden rule by the community for the community. We just recently won the CMX Community Industry Awards for the best virtual events program. And that three years ago did not even know what managing communities was all about. With this conversation, we will get to know more about managing online communities, engagement, retention, the rule of keeping things simple. Moreover, this is a conversation with a really passionate community manager, a real team player with lots of ambition, open to challenges, and uh, we just challenged Andrea in this conversation, and someone who is always looking to add more value, not only to the community members, but also to the OutSystems team. Very excited to have Andrea in this podcast and to share this conversation with you. To keep dots connected, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button below. Um, give us your feedback. And now, sit, relax, and enjoy this episode. Action! Andrea. Bem-vinda, welcome. First of all, of course, congratulations for winning the CMX Award. Really, really happy for you. And I'm sure that it was a very well-deserved prize, taking into account like the, the success you're getting within the OutSystems community. But before, just focused on the community side of things, tell us, tell us a little bit about you. Who is Andrea? <laughs> what do my eyes say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hi hi Prasish, thank you so much for inviting me the first time I'm in a podcast so I feel like wow. a little bit of a superstar no, I'm <laughs> kidding <laughs> my name is Andrea I've been I am a community engagement manager in OutSystems and I've been at OutSystems for a little over two years now prior to that I had no idea what community management was all about so I think that the two years that I've been working in the industry have been a roller coaster of knowledge and insights and experience and a lot of mistakes. <laughs> But yeah, I started out as a like a marketing girl. I always thought that I was going to do communications and PR because as you'll see in this conversation, I, I talk and talk and talk and talk. I already prepared you, so I'm just laying out there. <laughs> no <worries>. And <laughs> and I got I got like an interest in fashion at the time. And so I thought I was going to work in fashion for my entire life. And then I did an internship at Microsoft. Okay. So you went, like... you went from fashion to uh, technology <laughs> company. Awesome. Exactly. <laughs> nothing, nothing. So I did my master's in, in luxury and in fashion, but in Portugal, fashion is a very complicated industry yeah. to break into. And so Like every college graduate, I just sent my CV everywhere, just yeah. expecting someone to hire me. And for some reason, Microsoft believed in me, which I'm very thankful. And I got into the industry and I fell in love with tech. And OutSystems, if you don't know, the company based in Portugal, but 
that is now a global company that created a modern app development platform that allows enterprise companies to really build very effective, very fast, complex web and mobile applications. And so they were the first, no, the second, sorry, the second unicorn in Portugal. And it was a very sexy, it still is a very sexy tech company. Yeah. And my love for tech kind of got drawn, dr drawn, drew, drawn into, into out systems. And yeah, I just started out working with the community of developers. I uh -huh. didn't know that that was an actual role. And at, at the time, I still remember when I was in my interview, my, my recruitment process, I had like five interviews and the five people didn't know how to explain what I was going to do. And, and I was like, okay. Like uh, today, some, some people think that uh, community is not even a job. So I totally exactly. understand. No? <laughs> I have friends with this title that do social media. And so a lot of people confused that I was going to do social media instead. And I found it very bizarre that there was like no magic formula to what your day is going to look like because I, I was always asking so what am I going to do exactly so what does a normal day in a community manager's life look like and, and no one could answer and I think that that was the fun part because it's it's the challenge behind having to figure out everything that works for your community yeah, yeah. and not what works for you I think that that was the most important but thing. do you do you feel that like the the process today after three years working for, for out systems, is, is it still the same? So you are like every day testing, trying new ideas, experimenting, or you feel that it's already a more like structured thing? It, it's more structured without a okay. doubt. When we started out, it was one person alone doing um, everything. And then I joined and then my director joined a week after. So the whole team was basically onboarding at the same time. And it was really just a game of trial and error, of really okay. understanding our community, of really reaching out to people. I think that a very valuable lesson that I learned from trying out new things is that most of the times you want to be part of that strategy game where you want to do what you feel is best, but then you never actually end up asking your community what they want. And so I remember I was doing a bunch of things that I thought were super cool because I was copying Salesforce or I was copying like all these fantastic, amazing communities out there. And it didn't work without systems because I wasn't talking to the people because I wasn't getting to know our users, our developers. We have thousands of developers around the world. And I was just doing what I thought internally in my head, in my little office space, what I thought was going to have impact. And so the way that we approach things now is that we talk to our community. We ask yeah. them what they want. And, and most, most of my day now is actually calls with people to get to know them and to really understand how we're doing things. But without a doubt, we're much more structured now. The team has grown a lot. Now the community team is like three little teams inside of a big wow. bubble of community. Wow. We have the community management team where we focus on really managing the community. We have the developer advocacy team that represents the voice of our developer inside out systems. So they're on a daily basis, talking to our users, figuring out their pain points, what, what, 
what we can help them with, mm -hmm. really gathering their feedback and bringing it into the company. And then we have our customer advocacy team, which basically manages a different community, a community of customers, the community of, of people that are paying to use our platform that have to make decisions and, and all that financial bureaucracy of figuring out if this is the right choice so, for them to so solve you have problems. you have three teams right so you have like mm -hmm. the, the the core of the community and then you have the, the like the dev developer side and the customer side okay mm -hmm. so and what's your what's your main role what's your what's your position within the cool. community team so I manage engagement. So what does this mean? Wow. <laughs> Good question. So you have, uh, you, you have one of the main roles because people say that engagement is one of the most important things in what regards community, right? So tell us uh, well, a little bit yeah. more. <laughs> so our, our community team has three main motions. Engagement is one of them without a doubt. That's what I do. I'll, I'll focus on that. But just as a context, we have two other motions. One of them is growth which basically means acquiring new people to our community. Okay. And then we have partnerships and social impact. So we're getting to a point where OutSystems is becoming a big company and we're understanding the impact that tech can have for good, especially with COVID pandemic, how companies had to reinvent and, and, and adapt. We actually had a program dedicated to help companies during COVID. And so we have the motion just dedicated to helping NGOs and organizations around the world really thrive using OutSystems. So those are the um, three main verticals, like? Yes, three okay. main verticals. Okay. okay. And so I'm focusing on the engagement motion. I'm, I'm currently managing all our engagement initiatives, which basically just means getting people to stay, <laughs> getting people to, to really want to continue with OutSystems. We call it engagement, but internally we often use retention. So it's making sure that our developers don't churn, making sure that they're getting the right resources at the right time, that they're interacting with one another, learning with each other. So a lot of events, all of the events in the world, therefore the award, the nomination even. Yeah, we'll, we'll, talk, so. we'll talk about that <laughs> later, but let, let me ask you a question. And it's, it's related to what you're saying. Like, what are the main members of your community? You have... Is it like the customers, the developers, or you just have, do you consider having two communities or just one community? I don't know if this is a scandalous answer. I'm going to say our community is made of developers because the developers are our end users. So okay. at the end of the day, because it's a, it's a software, it's, it's a platform, only people that have either technical skills or have learned the, the, the basics of the logic of programming will actually be able to use it, whether as the customers that are currently managing the relationship that we have with them are in a superficial level, let's say, where they don't actually deep dive into the platform. And so the yeah. problems that they have are like very... But in the end, what you're doing, which, which uh, makes totally sense, is that you have a community of developers who... I believe raise the, pro the the quality of of your product, and in the end, you improve the experience on the customer side. That's it. Yes. Okay. So at the end of the day, there's I don't know if you know this, but there's a, a framework 
that came out of CMX and a bunch of really awesome people were involved in creating the space. Yeah, the space framework that actually categorizes all the different types of community focuses that that a community should have, whether it's support, whether it's product, whether it's acquisition, whether it's engagement. And at, at at the beginning, I thought that it was weird that we were doing everything. But it's not weird at all because it's a very versatile community. So at the end of the day, we have developers that are reporting feedback about the platform and making us improve our product. We have developers that are helping each other grow. So instead of having our support teams really answering their questions, we have our developers doing that in the forums. So they're actually helping each other instead of having people from out systems doing it, which only makes it more rewarding because you're learning with people like you that have the same problems as you. And it's like less bullshitty, I think. Sorry. Oh my God, curse number one. No worries, no worries, go ahead. (laughs) Mi casa, mi casa es su casa, go ahead. (laughs) No, but I think that it becomes more valuable and more reliable when you Uh know that other people that have the same issues as you are telling you how to solve it. We have people that are in contact with our product and R&D teams on a daily basis, doing A-B testing, doing user experience, just making sure that whatever it is that our users will feel as pain points or limitations are being um, identified. We have all of these events that are basically upskilling our developers. So what we do is we have a slogan for our events. I'm very proud of this. I think we copied this from Salesforce. I'm so sorry, but I mean, Erica, cool, right? I mean, yeah. And our slogan is by the community for the community. And it goes back to listening to what our developers want. So all of these events take into consideration level of maturity, level of knowledge, exactly what kind of topics people want to learn. So, so engagement is really focused on that. It's, it's not just like developer marketing, which I don't believe exists in a successful way. Yeah. It's, it's making sure that, that people feel that they're loved, that they're listened, that we know what they want and that we're trying our best to, to give it to them. Yeah. So let's go back to, to one thing that you, that you said you did or your community did uh, in the beginning. So just proving that the strategy of one size fits all fits all in, in in community building when we are building communities doesn't work because you said in the beginning that you tried to copy so it's like a copycat thing you try to copy the strategies used that salesforce was using for example mm-hmm. but it didn't work for for you and for your team and for your community because members are different they had they may have different needs different pains but so the strategies that that salesforce were using didn't work uh, for for you for your team but in the end uh, sticking with the basics of listening to your users building your audience engaging them so these are the basics of community results in the the, the awesome community you have today. That was it. Maybe I use the term copy loosely. I think that I think that we got inspired. I think that it's 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 very inspiring to see how big communities, either Salesforce, Duolingo, Atlassian, are really growing and are really doing fantastic things. That they have so many best practices that we can really leverage. And so I think that 
we were looking at either badges or guided paths of how we could do learning or how we could use information and best practices for MVP, pro MVP programs where we are highlighting very active community members and, and rewarding them and promoting them for, for being awesome. So all of these different things, we were just like incorporating them. Some made sense, some didn't. And mm -hmm. I think that it, it only, you only understand if it's going to be a failure if you try it. And I think that you constantly need to adapt and to iterate. One of the things that I really learned from a current OutSystems colleague that I often see as my, as my mentor is it's, it's better if you just do it and try it and it fails fast and you iterate fast yeah. than spending a year thinking of what yeah. is going to be the most perfect thing and having it fail anyway. And it's very hard for me because I'm a very perfectionist and I, I want everything to be like pretty perfect when it comes out. And so it was very hard for me to understand that you need to go and, and adapt as, as you yeah. go. And so like little things, like a specific example that I can give of how of how we tried stuff that didn't work of, of the one size fits all approach that didn't work was, was with events. I, I can go with my comfort zone, which was, we thought that every event had to be as complex or have very specific topics or have the exact type of promotion or invite the same kind of people to talk. And if, if, if you look at a global community, which I'm fortunate enough to work with. I mean, I'm waking up very early to talk to APAC and sleeping very late sometimes because I'm talking to Americas, but very fortunate nonetheless. You see that there are cultural differences, there are knowledge differences, there are communication differences. I mean, the smallest things, um, whether it's in Japan that is much more formal, whether in Asia Pacific countries where people don't participate a lot, it's just a cultural thing. Or if you go to the Netherlands, they are super direct, super upfront. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea about this. Or you go to the Americas and we did events in North America and they work best during work hours. That for me was insane. I mean, I always do meetups like at 6 p.m. with a pizza and a beer. And we were starting events in North America at 9 a.m. And so we were doing the same format for everywhere. We were doing 6 p.m., two hours, pizza, beers, I mean, if you go to the Middle East, you can't drink alcohol. And sometimes like the smallest things, we didn't even think about it. Yeah. And it, it took some trial and error, but, but we got there. And I think that the, the main thing to get out of whatever it is I'm saying <laughs> is, just, is just understand what your community wants and what works best for them. Yeah, you are at OutSystems. Your community is mostly remote, right? Uh, how do you mean? Like uh, it's like 90 or 100% of the time you spend with your community is online. So you consider the ah. outsystem community as an online, as an online community. Like uh, we know that community is all about connections and trust, which is a little bit difficult to accomplish on a remote online level, right? So mm -hmm. in a very successful community like, like yours, how do you handle this, for example? We will talk about strategies in a minute, but how do you handle the, the, the building connections, the trusts that all members need to have uh, within each other? How do you handle this? That's a very good question. I, 
I ask that question when I'm interviewing people. So I don't know how I'm doing on the other side of it. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not, I'm not here to recruit you. So, okay. <laughs> So as a little bit of context, I normally engage with the community remotely. That's that's a, a valid point. But prior to COVID and pandemic and all that stuff, we, we had a lot of events in our office and I, I got to know a lot of different people. And I also was, was very fortunate to be able to fly to different countries, get to know local communities. We have global annual event where all our customers and partners come. It's like 3000 people every year. I think that we had more online, but I'm not going to risk to say the number because if I get it wrong, my marketing team will kill me. So I'll just not say it, but it was a lot. We had a lot of people join us. And, and all of this to say that I actually had a chance to really get to know a lot of people in the community, whether they are from very active customers or partners, whether they are very active in the community. So we have a lot of very active online community members, whether they're MVPs or champions or ambassadors. And because I'm not afraid to make a fool of myself, like I would just go up and talk to people and say like, oh, hi, I'm Andrea, we've, we've talked online, how are you? So I think that that worked in my favor. I know that a lot of people in, in, in my team don't do that, which is totally fine, but it's just like, I, yeah. I, I just wanna get to know people. I think that's part <laughs> of my job. And so I already had that extra bonus point, let's say, of already knowing the people. How do I do that now remotely? I just reach out to them. I say, hi, I'm Andrea. I'm working in the community. I'd really like to get to know you. Can we schedule a quick call? And what I normally do is I just start off with like goofy introductions and like say, I don't even know. I can't, I can't make up stuff now. But I just try to really understand how, how I can connect with people because I don't see our community members as work. I think that I got to a point where I started to see whatever I do, all of this community thing, this fantastic thing that we're doing, something bigger than me. I'm always having this conversation with a colleague of mine, which is super rewarding, which is it doesn't bother me that I have to work late nights or weekends or know that I'm super tired because I'm so happy and it's, it's, it's a super cliche. I'm sorry, people will kill me, but I, I don't mind. And my team is exactly the same. Like we're only happy when we in our community is happy. And so the way that I try to create relationships with people is showing them that is knowing is, is them knowing that I have this commitment to them and knowing that I really care, you know, that's the difference. I mean, yesterday I was talking to one of our MVPs. MVPs are like the stars of our community. He's going to be a dad. And I was the, one of the first people in his life that he told, which, which I found crazy. I was like, why are you telling me? I know like I'm going to be his fake auntie and I'm going to spoil her with so many gifts. Like I, I even invited myself to his wedding. I mean, I know that our community members are dating. I know that they're like going around the world and doing like huge trips. And so it just comes to a point where I like to make it personal. I, I also share a lot of my life with everyone. I lose track and I lose filters. You and so really, that's how I do it. <laughs> you really have a space where people can be vulnerable. And that's very, very difficult, you know, like, wow. And 
But uh, let me just add a layer to, to the question, which is like, okay, that's the way you engage with, with, with your members, with the developers. But since you are working for the engagement team, how do you handle, like, what's, what's the strategies, what, what ideas, what kind of ideas you put in practice in order for members to engage with, with, with each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you do that? So that's, that's one of the main focus also from the community or it's more like out systems members or there's also like another tip of the triangle where members engage with, with each other. Because definitely, because like doing that in real life, it's very difficult because if you organize an event, well, maybe engagement won't happen very easily, but for some people like, like you, very people person, you just go and start the conversation with someone. But for example, let me make a joke. Developers are very well known for being shy, introverts. And I was going to make that joke. <laughs> yeah. So in real life, it's difficult. Maybe, well, maybe on, on, the, on the remote side of thing, maybe it's easier because like there's a huge distance from computer, from screen to screen. But what are the ideas, the strategies, the practices you put in practice to promote the engagement among members? So, awesome question. I think that there's no magic formula behind it. But again. I think that, again, again, again. again. What, what are we doing? No, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that interests are always what we make work. So we know that, for instance, we have a lot of people that go above and beyond on the forums to help people learn, help solve problems, share knowledge, really go out of their way to make sure that people learn. And the forum in itself is a community of people that are sharing our knowledge with each other. We have a repository of reusable apps. Like I was saying, our software allows people to, to create apps. And so we have what I... I don't know if I'm saying this wrong, but I've used this for the past two years and a half, which is like our GitHub. We have a GitHub of reusable apps that people can really leverage in their own applications. And these are all created by the community. So it goes back to having members that are helping others consciously or unconsciously with things that they can use for their development. You have events where like I was saying, we join people not because they want to talk about out systems, but because they want to learn what will make them be more productive and more effective in their daily professional work. So whether it's new announcements, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably not going to use out systems jargon um, here, but whether it's stuff about front end or whether it's stuff about architecture, we know that there are a lot of hot topics with code reviews or with testing and because we know that that's a big thing this year, or because we know that OutSystems is going to launch something that's going to change the way our developers are using our product, we focus on that because we know that it's something that makes sense. It's not just for a tiny percentage of our community. It's going to connect a lot of people or just do the simple thing, which is like bring a lot of very awesome like R&D product management people that are like gods our developers maybe I shouldn't say gods maybe gods is, is the wrong word but like very awesome 
people that they admire and and people that they really respect and and promote engagement with them. I think that another thing that we really tried to do when we went online was avoid converting events to webinars. I don't know how you feel about it. I hate, I hate webinars so much. It's just, it's, it's the same as not being in a session. Like I won't pay attention. I will be doing things at the same time. I will probably stand up, go to the kitchen, get some food, come back. And I lost 10 minutes of what the person was saying because it's because nothing on the other side is grabbing your attention. Nothing on the other side is asking something back. But how, so, how, how you handle that? That's your opinion, yeah. or so how you? That's my that? opinion, but okay. <laughs> that's my opinion. But I made it everyone's. Okay. <laughs> or or so, at least I taking taking into account that from your opinion, then move to your team's opinion. So what what was what was the strategy you used, for example, yeah. to during this during this period to share knowledge? Do, yeah. do, don't you call it webinar? So you just we, change yeah, the name we don't or call it webinars. no, we, we don't call it webinars and we don't follow the normal format of a webinar. And I think that everyone had this opinion, but I was probably the most vocal about it because it's, it's just kills me. I think it kills everything that's engagement. It's like the opposite of engagement. They have specific purposes, but not engagement. And so what we did was we really worked with breakout rooms. And I think that uh -huh. it's, it's, it's a bit weird for people that, maybe don't know each other to get put into a room to talk to each other mm -hmm. and it can be awkward and even with icebreakers it's just like you you don't want to turn on your camera or you don't want to talk but we did a lot of breakout rooms and we incentivized a lot of participation we did quizzes or how do you, I think it's quizzes like trivia things yeah, where yeah. we had people just answering questions like we had an app so people were asking of course we had an app, OutSystems built the app, but we had a quiz trivia thing during the event where people were participating. And if they won, they got like super cool t-shirts and super cool swag. We were making sure that everyone around the world was able to participate. So the, the good thing about COVID is that yeah. online broke all True. the geographic barriers. True. And so we had people from the Philippines joining events with people from South Africa and from Canada, and they were just talking to each other about all this different stuff. And even if it, was, if, if it was weird at first, I mean, like 70 events after, you kind of get the hang of it and you kind of get to know the people by their face. And we know of people right now that met online that are currently doing events together, that are doing projects together, that have now started this relationship because they, they somehow interacted with each other. And even if they're in opposite sides of the world, They're, they're building a relationship. And so I think that what we did was we, we tried to go the opposite way. And instead of doing half-half, we just open interaction 120%. <laughs> your, your community, like for someone to be uh, a member of your community, is not a paid community, right? Okay. So I'm not sure if, if this is a difficult question. I, I'm sure for you, it's not a difficult question. I hope. Let's see. I will test you. So what's, what's the... For uh, a new member, what's the value proposition of like how or why should I join your community? Uh, what's the value I get? Of course, I aspire to be this or I have this specific need, but what's the value proposition you offer to, to new members 
Okay. So mm-hmm. what are my gains joining to, to, to join a community just like uh, OutSystems? You will never be alone. You will never lack knowledge. And whenever you feel like you do, there will be someone for you. I think that our community is very strong. Of course, I'm biased, but I think that they're very strong in in creating this sense of community. I think that we have a lot of people around the world. So OutSystems is is not new in Portugal, but it's new-ish around the world. And so there are a lot of different developers that start with OutSystems because their company bought the platform or because they're evaluating new tools. And what happens is you end up having one, two, three, four, whatever amount of number of people in a team that are alone, trying to figure out how to master this new technology, this new, this new platform that they're gonna work with. And what happens in the major reality is that we have traditional developers that have been coding like traditional programming languages their whole life or as long as they have worked. And doing the switch to to our system, it's it's not immediate and it's not super easy depending on on, on people. I mean, it's very doable and and people end up really loving the platform because of all the productivity and efficiency associated to it. But there is that period of time where people are adjusting. And I think that the value proposition is that when the difference between you starting to learn the platform alone versus you learning the platform with 30,000 people daily active on a community makes a very big difference. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I I had, it's it's not a funny story. Actually, I was going to say it's a funny story, but it's it's not funny. It's just a fact that I I met a a community member that told me once he had a team of six or seven people and he would, sometimes automatically ask a question on the commu- on the online community first instead of asking the guy next to him because he knew that a lot of people were going to jump in and help him and share so many examples that the people that are working with him on a daily basis wouldn't be able to give to him and so i think that that's the added value yeah that's that, that tells us the the value of 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 the community do you consider yourself more as a forum based community It's, it's very difficult because we are both online and offline. We are very active in both frontiers. Uh, and and, and it, it, I, can, I can probably say that it started out as probably a forum-based community way back in the day. But now it's, it's, yeah, it's a, a hybrid. 100% community i don't know yeah. i don't know hybrid is that what we're calling yeah, it hybrid. Okay. yeah so we are almost reaching to the end of this conversation i'm sure just like i said to to leash uh, now i i feel that i'm in front of the office the audience with in a concert saying you are the best audience ever because i <laughs> i said exactly the same to leash because i i think that we could stay here for 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 more time and my my question is what so you just you just won the cmx award for the like best community what regards virtual events right so why you believe that you won 
So what made you won this this award? <laughs> so like what 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 type of events? What type of people events? You said maybe the secret is that don't call webinars to webinars or <laughs> just use breakout rooms. But why you why you believe that you just won this 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 award? Before I answer this, I'm going to give a huge shout out to Asana and UiPath that were finalists with me. It's yeah. it's even crazy that I got to to the finalist stage let alone win. I I, I remember I was ugly crying like Kim Kardashian. I don't know if you know this meme, but it, there's a meme like of Kim Kardashian ugly crying and when I yeah. found out that I was winner, I ugly cried for half an hour. You didn't need to know that, but again, no filter here. I think that what allowed us to win was we never stopped reinventing and adapting ourselves. For the first half of the year, our events followed a very structured format of normal meetups. The thing is, we're in 64 cities. Our, our, our user groups, our yeah. events are based in, in cities. And so we, we had 64 groups with organizers from all over the place. And there was like a month where we were doing four or five events per week. And that's, that's a lot. That's very intense. It created something that we figured out was called Zoom fatigue, because of course we, yeah. we come up with expressions for everything. And, and we figured out that it was just too much. And we were having dozens of events with the same topics done by very similar people or people that were working together. And it was just becoming, it was becoming redundant at a point. And we didn't want that because we didn't want people to get sick of us. We didn't want people to get tired. We wanted people to still keep learning uh, and we wanted to keep them excited. And so we shifted our approach in H2. And I think that was, that was very risky. I still say this, but uh, how do you say like high risk, high gains? And so when we readapted the, the structure, what we did was we made our events longer, but we shortened them to four. So we okay. went from 60 events in a quarter to four. And what we did was we created regional events. So what we did was instead of having the Lisbon group meet on Tuesday and the Johannesburg group meet on Wednesday and the... Oslo group meet on Thursday, we grouped all of these um, cities together, all the organizers, all the countries, all the languages, all, all the people, all the things into one region. So we had one, one event for EMEA, one event for uh, APAC, Asia Pacific, okay, yeah. we had one event for North America, and we had one event for Brazil, uh, because Portuguese is, is, yeah. is the language that is, is spoken in Brazil, and, and we wanted to respect that. And what we did was the events were two hours long, two and a half hours. So they were much longer than the ones that we were doing prior to that. Our organizers, I don't know why people keep falling into my crazy ideas, but one day I remember that, why don't we get our organizers? So our, our local people organizing the events that are not from out systems. Why don't we make them hosts? Why don't we get them playing like a super active role in the Zoom where they're like presenting people and like, hi, I'm your host for the evening. This is the OutSystems user group for Europe, Middle East and Africa. And like giving them special t-shirts and like being super excited about being part of that. And as soon as we got them, we had 
the biggest experts from from our systems, from our product team, from our R and D team, committing time to be there, ask, answering all the questions. I still remember our Brazil events had more than 500 people. I think we broke Zoom because our Zoom only allows 500. And so I was getting messages from people like, I can't join the Zoom, let me in, let me in. And I was like, oh my God, I broke Zoom. What, what do I do now? And the event was supposed to end at nine or 10 p.m. Portugal time. And I was there, but I turned off my camera because I was having dinner while I was listening to the event. And our organizer was moderating everything. And I remember I went to the couch. I was with my boyfriend. He was playing PlayStation. And I said, if anything happens, just call me. Like, if you hear my name, call me. And I fell asleep during the event. I shouldn't be saying this. Wait, it's, I think it's public knowledge. And our organizers kept it rolling until one o'clock in the morning. Wow. Because, and I woke up and there were like almost 200 people still in the call, which means that they just wanted to be there. They just wanted to talk to people. They just wanted to learn from the best. And so, yeah, we reinvented ourselves. Wow, we, we, that's cool. we kept ourselves in our toes. We thought of like crazy things. We did a lot of research of like tools that we could use. Like we used Slido, we used Kahoot. Like we did almost sort of karaoke where one of our hosts dressed up as Elvis. So like all the crazy kooky things that you can imagine it happened like we had babies coming around we had dogs coming around so, so yeah it's 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 not a magic formula but it's, 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 it's like sometimes for it for us to just to raise the bar you just you don't need to overthink you really need to keep well you really need to keep things in a very simple way because maybe that's what what people want i have Two, three final questions for you. But the, the, <laughs> We're almost at the end, but <laughs> the goal, the goal, the goal here is, if possible, because just like you, you said in the beginning, you you really love to talk, so that's why I said Mika says Sukasa. So let's try. I'm to... always drinking water when you make me laugh. It's <laughs> always a risk that I'm gonna explode with water. So then let's let, let's try just to, to to get an answer in one sentence. Okay. Okay. So in your opinion, online communities, and since you are very focused on engagement, for someone who is thinking about building a, uh, like a community or working as a community manager, what's, in your opinion, the best strategy for member retention? Gotcha. Oh, my God. What I would you, you say? What would you say that, like, for example, what's the strategy that works best for member retention? For example, and when I'm when I'm saying member retention, I'm of course talking about engagement. Okay, so mm-hmm. a, an engaged member will most likely stay. Mm-hmm. Can I give a sentence and then justify? <laughs> okay. Okay the wheel and choose what makes more sense for your community and not for yourself why i'll try to justify in in a, in, a, in a sentence or two so i think that again major learning is knowing that whatever you think is going to work best won't work best with the community if it does kudos to you it never did with me but i think that if you really want to get people to stay to engage to interact with them you need to understand 
why they're doing it in the first place. What is the value that they're getting out of it? What is driving them and motivating them to really want to be a part of that community? And whenever you discover that aha piece, um, that will stay with you forever and will dictate however your strategy should start. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Five I tried. Five, five <laughs> out of five. Okay, good. So second question. Like I told this already in a, in a video that I did for the Connect Dots saying, and I really believe in this. I don't know about you, I, but I really believe that this will be the community-driven startups companies here. What would be the biggest advice you would say, for example, to a competitor? Let's make it, let's make it more like harder. To a competitor that at the moment is not community-centric. What would be the, the advice saying you, sh you really need to work on your community because now you complete? You really need to work in your community because if you don't, you'll go bankrupt. <laughs> Is that too extreme? No, 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 um, no. I think that if, I think that community as we know it, is very is it's not what i want to say i think that community can be very undervalued by a lot of companies because they don't understand that feedback is good even if it's bad and there are a lot of startups companies big tech multi multi beasts that don't know what to do with the feedback don't know how to implement and execute and work on that feedback And I, I'm not saying we're perfect, not at all. I think we're, we're, we're getting to a point yeah. where we're knowing what to do and all the processes involved. But I think that if you don't listen to what your users are saying, you're not building a product for them. Yeah. There's a very good example. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I have to no shut worries, up. No worries. There's, a, there's a very good example. I get very groupy about this product, which is... Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know it, but it's like yeah. a sort of com competitor for, I don't even know if it's a competitor for Zoom. I don't know if I can say this, but it's it's a video conference software that just basically is, a, is an event on, on steroids. Like you can be presenting, you can move around your picture, yeah. you can zoom in and zoom out yourself, you can add presentations and videos. And it's just like, it's like heaven on earth for me when it comes to events. And they really did something fantastic at the time, which was they were just inviting testers. They were just inviting people like they were sending invitations and it was something like super obscure and the product wasn't even launched yet. And it was already public because they were, they were going after the people that were using Zoom and Skype and Teams on a daily basis that had problems and pain points and wanted things to really be fast and efficient. And they built this magic product based on just feedback alone. I mean, of course, talent and R&D and a lot of coding, yeah. but it, it, was, it was made because so many people were giving them the recipe for success. And I think yeah. that if you do the opposite, you'll go bankrupt. Yeah, Or I know. I know. That's something that we see a lot, especially within the entrepreneurs, like new entrepreneurs, founders with their ego, and they are just working in a closed room But I, I see I see that that thing is 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 changing because now you're you're seeing more and more of the hashtag building public. 
So that was that's what happened with the mm -hmm, uh, experiment. So and I really believe I really believe in that. So you you can still like build your startup, build your product, build your service, build your company, build your community in public, and you will get lots of feedback. So I have a challenge for you. Very, it's no very way. simple. Very simple. I know, I know that you like karaoke. I won't ask you. I won't <laughs> ask you. I won't ask you to sing. But I'm sure that I will test your music knowledge. Oh if, boy! If if you need, like, the question is, what's the the music that best represents one? Out systems community, <laughs> and two, if you need to choose a, a music that represents the the process of building communities, what would be that song? So two two musics. Just just say <laughs> just say the first that comes in, that comes into your mind. Okay, I know the first one. I don't know the second one. Okay, wait, I do, I do. Okay. Okay, good. So for the first question, the song that represents the autistic community, it's very easy. We are the champions, wow. my friends. Okay, Good. so Queen, obviously, obviously. And the the second song that represents the the process, right? The work that goes yeah. behind community management. Work, 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 no, 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 work, work. <laughs> so it's just, awesome, yeah, no, it's awesome. just you're the best. You're the best. I don't have, I don't have an award, but well, see you next minute. Uh, congratulations, you are the winner. <laughs> so, Thank um, you. Andrea, once again, seriously, you are the best. Really, really, really interesting, energizing conversation. I, I now understand why Outsystems is growing a lot because having you as a community as a community member might be it is incredible. Lots of success. Stay safe. Again, thank you so much for accepting the challenge. Like a hundred percent out of a hundred percent. Let's keep in touch. One more dot connected here. Again, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Vizisku. Thank you. Ciao.